Well, turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, please, to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Also, as you're turning there, if you'll find 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. We are a few weeks into our series on end times prophecy. We've laid the foundation that Jesus Christ is coming again. We've looked at the fact that there's going to be a time that Jesus is going to come for his bride. He's going to come and the church is going to be raptured, taken out of this world. We saw that there's going to be judgment. There's going to be a great tribulation that's going to take place. And there's many more events that we're going to be looking at. There's lots of events that still we're going to study here. There's a lot of information about end times prophecy, a lot of things that we're going to find out that are going to happen during the tribulation, a lot of events that are going to take place, battles that are going to take place, and we're going to look at each of those. But I want to preach today about an event that's going to take place. And I want us to look at every, every Christian here today. I want us to look at our lives and I want us to look at this event because I want us to be prepared for this. The Bible says in first, I'm sorry, second Corinthians chapter five, verse number 10. Would you follow along with me? For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to the thing that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, there is a, an event that's going to take place. There's an event called the judgment seat of Christ. There's also going to be a great white throne judgment, and everyone is going to stand at one of those events, one of, one of those every single human being is going to stand at. For those that are saved, for those that are uh, born again, for those that have trusted Christ as their Savior, we are going to stand and we are going to be uh, judged as servants. We're not going to be judged in our, for our sins because our sins have already been paid for at the cross of Calvary. As we just sang here just a few moments ago, the blood of Jesus Christ, it washes away our sins. We are not going to be judged for our sins. There's going to be the great white throne judgment that we will see later. And those that have not trusted Christ as their savior, they are going to be judged for their sins. They're going to be judged there at the great white throne judgment. But I want us to look today at this judgment, the judgment seat of Christ. Go with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter number three. Paul is writing to the church here at Corinth, and he speaks in chapter or, or 2 Corinthians of this judgment seat of Christ. He also speaks of this same judgment seat in 1 Corinthians chapter number three, follow along with me in verse number 11, if you would please. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. 
but he himself shall be saved yet so as by fire. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwelleth in you? Paul asked this question, don't you know that you're the spirit of God or you're the temple of God, that the the spirit of God uh, dwells in you? The, The church is the temple. We are a temple. Our bodies are a temple a spiritual temple, and God lives in us by his Holy Spirit. If you know Christ as your Savior today, you have the Holy Spirit of God living and dwelling inside of you. He gifts you. He gives you talents. He gives you direction. He convicts us. He, 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 he helps us to become like Christ. He's dwelling inside of us. And for every believer, the Spirit of God dwells inside of you. I want you to look with me in verse number 13 of this chapter, verse number 13. Every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be, and I want you to see this word, it shall be revealed. I want you to write this down. I I, I pray we'll have the time to get through all three of these today. I want you to look at number one. I want you to write this down about the judgment seat of Christ. It's going to be a time of revelation. It's going to be a time of revelation. Every single one that stands before Christ at the judgment seat of Christ, it is going to be a time of revelation. It shall be revealed, the Bible says. We're going to see our lives from God's point of view here at the judgment seat of Christ, how you lived your life. Now, again, let me me reiterate this. You are not going to be judged for your sins at the judgment seat of Christ because your sin debt has already been paid for. Jesus Christ went to the cross. He shed his blood. If you're here today and you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your savior, our prayer, our hope is that you would know this, that Jesus Christ went to the cross and he shed his blood as a payment for your sin. And if you'll repent of your sin and turn to Jesus Christ, receive that free gift of salvation that he offers to you, you too will be saved you too will be born again. And this judgment seat is for those that have trusted Jesus Christ as our savior. Our lives, how we lived, there's going to be a revelation. It's going to be revealed here at this judgment seat. I want you to look with me in Luke chapter 16. Again, I have said this for the last several weeks. There's a lot of scripture that we're going to go to. And if you're able to go to it, follow along with me. If you're not, I don't want you to get frustrated. I don't want you to get upset. You simply write it down and later on go back and you can look at this scripture. If you just simply want to listen to that, what's read, do that. But follow along with us one way or the other. I want you to hear each of these scriptures that we are going to go to. I want you to go to Luke chapter 16 and look with me in verse number 15. Jesus says this, and he said unto them, ye are they which justify yourselves before men but God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. God knows your heart. He knows what's inside of us. He knows what we're thinking. He knows what we're feeling. He knows us. Someone may think that they know you, but God knows your heart. I want you to see again, go back with me to 1 Corinthians Go back there with me in chapter number three. In verse number 13, I want you to look at this word. 
and it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what, and look what that next word is, what sort it is. What sort it is. When we stand before God at this judgment seat of Christ, he's going to judge us on what sort it is. What the quality of your life is, not the quantity. It's not necessarily how much you do, but how, what you do with your life. Your heart, what you're doing, the decisions that you're making, not how much, but what you did. How good was it? What did you use with your gifts, your talents, your life? What did you do with your life for the Lord Jesus Christ? That's the account we're going to give. And church, every single one here today that is a, a believer in Jesus Christ, your life matters. The decisions that you make matter. You're not just here to live the life you want to live, how you want to live it. God has a plan for your life. His direction for your life. The day that you were saved, he placed his spirit inside of you to guide you and to direct you to do his will for your life. He saved us from, from hell. He saved us from destruction. And he gave us a life to live. And that's the life we're going to be judged on. What did you do for the Lord Jesus Christ? God is going to judge us by our attitude. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number nine, if you would please. 1 Corinthians chapter nine. Go with me in verse number 16. First Corinthians nine, verse 16. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. And look what he says in verse number 17. For I, if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. And Paul is saying, I'm going to, I'm called to do this. I'm called to preach. But I'm going to do it willingly. I'm not going to do this with a, a bad spirit, a bad attitude. I'm going to serve the Lord willingly. And he says, if I do this, there's a reward. And I want to challenge every believer here today that God has a plan for your life and every single one of us ought to willingly have a desire to serve him according to his plan. That little, little boy, you've heard this story, that little boy, his teacher said to him, Johnny, I want you to, to sit down. And he just stood there and, and he, his teacher said, now, Johnny, I want you to sit down. And he just stood there. And then finally she said, Johnny, if you don't sit down, I am going to call your parents and they're going to make you sit down. And that little boy sat down there in front of that teacher. And he said this, I'm sitting on the outside, but I'm standing on the inside. That little boy had an attitude. And we laugh at that, but sometimes if we're not careful, that's the way we serve Jesus. Oh, listen to me. It is going to be a sacrifice to serve Jesus. 
we, we may, we may in, in, in time to come suffer great persecution for serving Jesus. There's going to be times where it's going to be easier to serve your flesh. There's going to be times it may seem easier and, and more enjoyable to just simply do what your heart and your desire and your flesh wants to do, Christian. Sometimes life doesn't make sense. Sometimes we don't get the news that we want to get. And sometimes we think that maybe God has failed us or has forgotten about us. And, and some even have this, 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 this thought of if what, now that I'm saved, if I'm a child of God, then everything should be easy for me. And I want you to know something living in this world. And I know you know this isn't always easy. And there is going to be great disappointments and there is going to be great sorrows. There's going to be great discouragement. There are going to be things that are going to happen in your life that if you could have your say, you would say, I don't want anything to do with this. And sometimes the plan that God has for us, for you and for me, is not the plan that we would want. If I designed my life, I'd design it never to have a sorrow. If I designed my life, I would design it never to have a, 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 a son-in-law. I've got four of them coming. <laughs> I'll take the, the daughter-in-law, but the son-in-laws, I'll... No sickness. If I designed my life, I'd design it never to have to stand or sit next to a, a loved one on a deathbed. But God designs your life. And my friend, God makes no mistakes. And his ways are perfect. And his plan is always right. And no matter what you face in your life today, have an attitude of gratitude for the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's done. Recognize that you don't always know why, but we can always trust God in it. I want to do what God has called me to do, don't you? But I want to do it willingly. You know, sometimes if I'm not careful, I, I can say, well, God's called me to pastor, but I don't have to always do it with a good attitude. God's called me to, to be a husband, but I don't always have to do it with a good attitude. God's called me to be a, a parent, but I don't have to do it with a good attitude. And it's true, God's called us to do every one of those things, but he's also desiring for us to do it with the right attitude, willingly. It's a privilege to serve Jesus. Would you say amen to that this morning? It's a privilege. He's called us to do this willingly, gladly, joyfully. So God is going to judge us by our attitude. Secondly, God's going to judge us about, with our, about our authority. Do you have the authority from heaven to do what you're doing? Look with me in 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, if you would, please. 2 Timothy 2, verse number 5. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned? Except he strive lawfully? 
Now, one of the things, I'll just be honest with you, one of the things that I don't like, and I don't think heaven's gonna be this way, I don't think that, I, I don't like participation awards. How many, of you, how many of you ever, like, what does that mean? Participation award. Give me the MVP. We're all gonna get an award. So the kid that sits on the bench and pouts is gonna get the award and the kid that gave it all. Participation. I was out in this, out in California this past week. What a crazy place that is, I'll tell you. I couldn't wait to get back to the Midwest. I mean, the traffic and the, the congestion and, and, and just everything about it. And, and, and they were saying now they're, they're not going to have scholarships and that sort anymore. They're talking about this out there in the legislature. No more scholarships. Everyone just simply gets a participation award scholarship. You know, everyone gets the same thing. So if a kid tries, he gets the same thing as a kid that doesn't try. That's just crazy. That's crazy. I'm not going to get on that soapbox, but that's just crazy. Paul, or, or T, Paul writing to Timothy says this, again in verse number five, if any man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully? The only way to get, the only way to get this crown is, is to do it right, do it with authority, do it right. My, when, when Jacob was in high school, he used to run track here at the school and um, he would run and, 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 and he would always want to, you know, get that award or, or whatever it might be. And, and, and when a kid runs and he wins, what a great thing it is. And, and so I stood at a couple of these track meets and, and he's running and, and never did I see him ever cross the field to the other side of the track without running the entire track. And if he would have done that, he would have been what? Disqualified. He never would have got a reward for that. And listen to me, every single one of us, we are called to do what God has is, is, is gifted us and given us talents to do. And, is, and, 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 and we are to do it with the authority that's from heaven. We can't do it. There's no shortcuts in serving Jesus. There's no shortcuts. We, we've got to run. Paul speaks often of running the race that is set before us. And, 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 and if we're going to receive an award, we've got to do it lawfully. We've got to do it. Listen to me, if we're going to serve the Lord, we've got to do it the Bible way. And I preached on this a little bit last week. I think it was or the week before, but oh, we're living in a generation where they want to serve the Lord or serve religion or serve themselves however they choose to. It's not us, up to us to decide how to live our lives. The word of God is our authority. And I've said this church to you over and over again. It's not for me to decide what we want to preach and what we want to live in the word of God. It's my responsibility to preach the whole counsel of God. If it goes against culture, then it goes against culture. But we've got to live an honest life before the Lord. And the only way to live an honest life before the Lord is allow the word of God to be our authority. God is going to judge us upon the authority of the word of God. 
Samuel, if you remember back in the Old Testament, Samuel came to Saul and, and, and Saul was told to totally kill a, a people, everything with them, everything. But Saul kept back the best of the sheep and he kept back the, the king and he kept back a portion of what, what God said to kill. He went against the authority in his life. And Samuel came to Saul and said, what is that that I hear? And, and, and he said to Saul to obey is better than to sacrifice. Saul says, well, I'm gonna use this all to sacrifice. Yeah, but that sacrifice you obtain through disobedience. God's not pleased with that. Let's commit today because one day we're gonna stand before the judgment seat of Christ and what are we gonna be judged on? We're gonna be judged on how we live the word of God, how we applied the word of God to our life. You know, none of us are going to have an excuse. I, I, I think of even of parenting or think of, of being a, a husband to my wife or, or pastoring. Every one of those things in my life, the Bible tells me how to do it. That's my authority. And the Bible is your authority as well. How are you living under the authority of the word of God? God's going to judge us according to our ability as well. Look with me in Luke chapter 12, if you would, please. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter number 12, verse number 48. Luke 12, 48. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes for unto whom soever much is given of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. You know, God's gonna judge you according to your ability. Write this down, would you please in your heart? God will never expect more out of you than your ability that he's given you. You know, one of the wonderful things about the judgment seat of Christ, when I stand there, I'm not going to have to give an account with what God has given to someone else. Stop looking and comparing yourself to someone else. God has given you ability. God doesn't compare you to someone else, but he does require out of you the ability that he's given you to serve him. And that's the wonderful thing about a church like this. Every single person is different. But every single person has the ability to serve God that he's given you. When I came in this morning, there's some that are standing out in the parking lot and they're greeting people in the parking lot. There's some at doors greeting people at the doors. There's some in the lobby greeting people in the lobby. There's some that are in nursery serving. There's some that are teaching. There's some that'll teach adult classes. There's some that are singing. Aren't you glad that God gave all of us different abilities? That's what you're gonna be required when you stand before God. He's given you an ability. What are you doing with the ability that God has given you? God is not asking what you can't do. He simply wants you to do what you can do. Listen to me, when it comes to serving, when it comes to living, it doesn't matter what you can't do. Sometimes we're not careful. I, I get into that as well. Boy, I, I wish I could sing. If I could sing, well, guess what? God didn't give me the gift of singing. That's why nobody sits around me on the front row. There's certain gifts that God may not give you and you're not gonna be required to give an account for the gifts that he hasn't given you. But you are gonna be required to give an account for the gifts that he has given you. 
Church, in these last days, before Jesus comes again, what are you doing with the gifts he's given you? He's blessed you. He's given you talents. Every one of us here can do what we can do, and that's all God wants us to do. Aren't you glad for that? My, my wife thinks, she thinks that I am a carpenter and that I can do anything in the house. I, 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 just, I just have tools, but I don't have a clue how to use them. And the only reason I have tools is because when my dad died, my mom left them all to me because my brother doesn't know how to use them and he knew it. <laughs> He's like, I don't want them laying around. So I just have them laying around. So I've got these tools. I've got a garage full of tools that have never been used in years. My wife will see something on, on the, the HGTV. I, I finally went and I had to delete that out of our system there because she thought I could do every, yeah, yeah they got rid of that. Cable got rid of that channel. I'm gonna give an account for that lie. She'd watch a show and she'd say, you can do that. I, I, I can? Oh, you're better than Chip. Yeah. You can do that. I'll never, I'll never forget. She said she watched the show and they shiplapped this whole house. She said, oh, you can do that. I said, I can what? She's, oh, it's easy. She said, they did it in 30 minutes. <laughs> a whole house. I'm asking you to do one room. You can have that thing done in 10. I'll start a project. I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, listen to me. Every one of us can do what we can do. And that's all God expects. Has anyone ever expected you to do something that you just couldn't do? It's true. I can't do everything. You can't do everything. Have you ever put in a place where you're expected to do something you know you can't do? How does it make you feel? You feel inferior, you feel like a failure. No matter how hard you try, you just can't do it. There are certain jobs that people have in this room today. If I tried to do your job, oh my goodness, I wouldn't even make it a day. Someone will say to me, someone will say to me, I'll often they'll say, boy, pastor, I, I don't know how you do it every single week. You know, you, you get into the word and you preach a message and I don't know how you do it every week. I'll tell you why, because that's what God has called me to do. And, and when I think about what you do, sometimes I think I could never do what God has gifted you to do. You know what? I don't have to do what God has gifted you to do and you don't have to do what God has gifted me to do, but I have to do what God has gifted what, me to do and you have to do what God has gifted you to do. And we need to realize that we're gonna stand before Christ and give an account. Not of what someone else is gifted, but what you are called to do. And that's all God wants. Isn't that a wonderful thing that God only desires from us what he gives to us? Not what he's given to someone else. When God brings you to the judgment seat of Christ, he's going to expect us to do what he gave us the ability to do. And so Christian, I simply challenge us with this thought today. When we stand before God, are you living, are you doing what you have been gifted to do? Nothing more. Years ago, I remember one of my girls, I don't remember which one it was, but I remember them going out 
and picking dandelions out of our yard. And they brought all those dandelions. How many of your moms, your kids ever brought you flowers? <laughs> they picked them themselves. And here's a whole, like a whole handful of weeds that they bring in to their mom, to, to, to Michelle. And she, I'll never forget, she even put them in a cup. And she loved them. And I thought, this is a good deal. I didn't know she loved weed so much. <laughs> so next time her birthday came around, I can do that. It doesn't work. When, when the children brought her the weeds in, she loved them. She gave them a hug. She put them in a cup. She put them on the table. She thought they were the most precious things. I brought her the same thing. She threw them at me. No, I'm just kidding. Why is that? Because she knows I can give more. She knows from me that she can expect more. So at the judgment seat of Christ, church, God is going to test, uh, 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 judge you on what sort it is, what you've done for him. God's going to look at your authority. Were you obeying him and doing what he told you to do through his word? God's going to look at your ability and are you serving him with what he has given to you? That's what the judgment seat of Christ is going to be. I'm, I'm hurrying here. I want you to look with me back at 1 Corinthians chapter three again. Go back to our text verse, 1 Corinthians chapter three. Look with me in verse number 14. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Would you write this down someplace in your heart, please? The judgment seat of Christ is going to be a time of reward. The judgment seat of Christ is going to be a time of reward. Verse number eight of the same chapter tells us this. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every, one, every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor, his own reward. The judgment seat of Christ, there is going to be rewards that are going to be given to them. In Revelation chapter 14, hurry there with me if you would please. Revelation chapter number 14 in verse number 13 of this chapter, Revelation 14, 13 says this, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth, yea, saith the spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. There's going to be great rest, great reward and great rest when we meet Jesus Christ. Look with me in Revelation 22. Revelation 22, verse number 12, the Bible tells us this as well. Jesus says this, and behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. There's great reward that's going to come. Go to Matthew chapter number six, if you would please. Matthew chapter number six. In verse number 20, Matthew 6, 20, the Bible says this, Jesus says, but, I, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven whether, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where th thieves do not break through nor steal. Jesus says, lay up treasures. Why? There's going to be rewards given in heaven. 
And there's rewards that we receive in heaven, those crowns. And I don't have the time this morning to go through all the different rewards and the crowns that we're going to receive. But Paul speaks much of those rewards. We find them in Revelation as well. There's rewards that's going to be given. And those rewards that you're given at the judgment seat of Christ are going to be rewards that you lay back at the feet of Jesus when you see him. Now, how many of you like the received gifts? I like to receive gifts, but you know what I really love? I love to give gifts. I love to give. And the reason I love to give is because the person I'm giving something to, I care about them. And when we see Jesus and we realize when our faith is made sight and we understand fully what he did there upon the cross, when, when eternity is ours, we are going to want to give to Jesus Christ what he deserves. And how we do that is this, at the judgment seat of Christ, there's going to be rewards that are given. And then we then in turn are going to take those rewards and we're going to lay them at the feet of Jesus. Oh, listen to me, Christian, as we get there, there is going to be rewards at the judgment seat of Christ. And lastly, I want you to write this down at the judgment seat of Christ. <clears throat> Look with me in verse number 15 of our text verse, for verse number 15, 1 Corinthians chapter three, verse 15. The Bible says, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. Aren't you glad for that? yet so as by fire. The judgment seat of Christ, thirdly, is going to be a place at a time of regret. Saved. A person is saved. We praise the Lord for that. But they've not lived a life for Christ. In 1 John chapter number 2, 1 John chapter 2, I know there's a lot of scripture references here today, but I want to give you all of these references. 1 John chapter 2, verse number 28, the Bible says, And now little children abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Abide in him. Stay in him. Live in him. Are you ready to meet him? John is saying here, oh, little children. He's not talking to young children here. He's talking to us as, 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 as he loves us. As, as he's writing this, he says, I want you to abide in him so that when he does appear, you're not ashamed. Abide in him. Are you abiding in him today? Are you ready to meet him? I want you to write these down. I don't have the time to go to these verses, but Matthew chapter five, verse number 19, if you'd write that scripture down and go back and read that scripture as, I'm, as you're writing that down, I'm gonna read for you 2 John, just a few pages over, 2 John uh, 1, 8, the Bible says, look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. How is your living today? What sort, not how much, but what are you doing for Christ today? He's gifted you. He's given you talents. The spirit of God lives inside of you and you're going to give an account for that one day at the judgment seat of Christ. Paul says every one of us are gonna stand here at the judgment seat of Christ. And God is not going to judge you according to your sin at this judgment seat because that was all done at the cross. 
but rather according to your service. Are you living for the Lord? You say so often, pastor, you're preaching messages to get us to live for the Lord, to live right, to live right. Listen to me, it's not, it's not, and I promise you it's not just so that we have spots filled at the church because it's not even about serving in a place. The Bible shows us here we've got to do it willingly. It's not trying to get you to to, to do what we want you to do. My prayer for you today and for me today and for this church today is that we are spirit-filled. That you are doing what God has saved you and placed inside of you through his spirit to do. To do what only you can do. Not to judge yourself compared to someone else, but to do what God has called you to do. Why? Because every one of us are given to give an account to the Lord. You are going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ one day. And all that you've done with your life as a servant to the Lord is going to be revealed. What are you doing for the Lord? You say, well... I I wanted to hear about the Antichrist. I want to hear about the beast. I want to hear about the mark. The most important thing today you can deal with is one day we're going to stand before the Lord. We're going to hear about the beast and the Antichrist and the mark. But my friend, every one of us are going to give an account. What kind of life are you living? What are you doing with what God has given you? How are you living through the authority of God's word? Would you bow with me in prayer? If you're here today and you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your savior, then today, my friend, what you must do is realize that you are a sinner and realize that you cannot save yourself no matter how good you are, no matter what you've done as we sang today. The only way for you to get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ paid your sin debt by the shedding of his blood there on the cross of Calvary. And the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. So if you're here today and you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, our prayer, our hope, our desire today is for you to realize that you are in need of the Messiah, the Savior, and for you to repent for you to cry out to the Lord, God, be merciful to me a sinner. Save me today. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. I believe that he died on the cross. I believe that his blood was shed as a payment for my sin. And I believe that he rose again. And today I receive your gift of salvation into my life give me eternal life if 
you're here today and you have never trusted Christ as your savior, I wanna pray with you. What I just prayed, my prayer won't save you. But if you earnestly cry out to the Lord, repenting and asking him for salvation through Jesus, he'll save you. I wonder if there's one here today, you would say this today, I want to trust Christ as my savior. I want to be saved today while the rest of us are just bowing in prayer, allowing the Lord to speak to our heart. I want you to answer this question and let me pray with you. Is there one today? Just simply raise your hand. Would you do that today and say this? I need to be saved today. Is there one like that today? Say today, I need to trust Christ as my savior. Is there one? Is there one? And Christian? How many of you would say this? I believe that one day I'm gonna stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I believe it because the Bible says it. How many of you would raise your hand and say, I believe I'm gonna stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I believe that. Let me put your hands down. Then I wanna ask you this question if you believe it. Are you living for it? Are you living for the Lord? I'm not asking you, are you living up to what somebody else has for your life? I'm not asking you, are you living up to some religious set of rules? I'm not asking you, are you living up to, to, to what your parents set out for your life or what somebody else set out for your life? I'm asking you, are you living for Jesus? Are you living for Jesus? He saved you. He's placed his spirit inside of you. He's equipped you. Are you doing what he has called you to do? I want you to stand with me as we close in prayer. I'm gonna ask Jeff if you'll please come. going to close in prayer with us today, but church, I want to ask you this question. Please evaluate your heart. Are you living for Jesus? One day we're going to stand before the Lord. We're going to give an account for our life. No one's going to escape this. There's going to be no excuses. It's just you and your Lord, you and your Savior. Are you ready for that day? Are you living for that day? Let's bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day where we can come and gather in your name. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, give us the ability to see that this world is trending towards the spirit of the, the Antichrist and that we must not be asleep and we must uh, be filled with your spirit, Lord, and and watching for your return. Lord, give us each the uh, the burden to reach the lost. Lord, if there's someone here that doesn't know Christ as their Savior, Lord, I pray that they would uh, recognize that need today, Lord, and have them settle it here today. Lord, thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ. I pray, pray that you would just uh, give us the burden to uh, follow and, and uh, serve you diligently. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.